pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 192. Today I'm going to chat with Jared Grove with Caldwell Shooting Supplies, discuss a two-way case the Supreme Court agreed to hear, highlight a new optic from Primary Arms, and talk about yet another crazy thing to happen on a Zoom call. I am your host, Ava Flanell, and Jared, I'm not going to lie, you and I, we both just got back from Florida, and I don't know if you've ever seen the show Survivor. But you know, the people, when they go in, they look normal. They don't have skin damage. They don't look like they've just been through hell and back. And then after the show, their skin's burnt to hell and they're sick. And you know what I'm talking about? I'm with you. You can definitely tell the tourists in Florida because I think the mosquitoes down there were the size of hummingbirds from Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Just a little. But yeah, that's what I look like right now. I'm also sick. Because you guys ran us ragged and (laughs) I'm sunburnt, I'm sick. Yeah, but it was a blast. But I was telling my friend that the other day, I literally feel like I just got off the show Survivor and this is the aftermath because I'm still super sunburnt. And then the tops of my ears started peeling. Ooh, yeah. First time this year getting sunburnt. First time in three years getting sick. But I think I was just kind of overworked before and I wasn't feeling great before the trip. And then obviously being on the go, now I'm sick. Excuse my cold voice. Hopefully you guys, some might think it's kind of sexy. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, moving forward. Smith & Wesson. One of the things that we did when we were in Florida was we did a two-gun stage and Smith & Wesson gave us an AR and a pistol. And the AR is the MMP 15 Performance Center competition model. It's a blast to shoot. It's specifically designed to be a three gun AR. It's lightweight, has super accurate 18.5 inch 5R barrel with a muzzle brake from the Performance Center. Also has a full length M lock four end and two stage match trigger. That was a lot of fun to shoot. And then the MMP. M2.0 Performance Center with a crimson trace red dot on it. Both shot really accurately. And I thought recoil on both of them were great. Pretty cool that they made these, well, that AR specifically for three gun. You also, you had a chance to shoot it, right? Both guns? Yeah, actually, I got the pleasure of shooting everybody's on the initial side end. So anything that was off, you could blame on me, I guess. But yeah, they shot amazingly well. I was uh, very happy with the recoil management out of the AR. Yeah. And the pistols, I've always liked the MMPs and the 2.0s do not disappoint. Yeah, I agree. And their handguns, really all their handguns seem to be really well balanced. The ergonomics of it, even the smaller one, like the Shield Plus for its size doesn't have a lot of recoil. They do a really good job with their design. But if you guys want to check that stuff out, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, now we're going to get into it. Caldwell Shooting Supplies. I actually just met you a few weeks ago in Missouri. And man, you have so much knowledge. You're super knowledgeable with reloading. And 
Anyways, I'm going to suck at giving you an intro. So you should probably just introduce yourselves and tell me what got you into this industry and how you ended up where you're at. Yeah. So currently, as you said, I'm the brand manager for Caldwell Shooting Supplies. So I do product development and marketing for Caldwell. So that's pretty broad. You see the all the products that we make, the targets and uh, basically uh, shooting rests and everything. I, I say everything except for the guns and ammo that you need to go to the range. I've been doing this for three years for Caldwell. Before that, I worked for a, a large online retailer, shooting supplies and ammo and reloading. Mm-hmm. And before that, I worked retail right out of college at a major sporting goods retailer, ran the gun counter for them. So just kind of grew up shooting and shot competitively growing up, went to college and shot competitively and just decided that I wanted to be in the shooting industry. And I've never really had a real job, if you think of it that way, outside of the industry. Yeah, no, I hear you. I know it's crazy. Every morning I wake up and it's crazy that this is what we do for a living. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we were shooting a minigun last week. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's glorious. (laughs) I know. Right. You mentioned that you'd been reloading since you were a teenager. Is that right? Yeah. Started reloading to be able to basically afford to shoot as much as we did. And then it's kind of evolved over the years. It went from loading everything from shotgun shells to now I load a lot of pistol ammo for me and my wife shoot. USPSA pistol every weekend. That's a lot of ammo that we burn through. And then I've lately gotten into this like precision rifle stuff and loading the ammo to get all the accuracy out of that is, uh, it's something that I really enjoy the testing and load development and just trying to get every ounce of performance out of a firearm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that would be the one reason why I would reload. Not only is it cost effective, but I've noticed that a lot of long distance shooters, they do that just to gain a little bit of an advantage. And there's definitely kind of a science to it. I find that pretty fascinating. And then also, it's just crazy how even the machinery has evolved. You guys showed us, we had a PowerPoint presentation. You showed us some really cool stuff launching this year, the next year. And one of them, it looked like a little easy bake oven, but it actually fills the powder in each casing for you, correct? Yeah, yeah. You can put a tray of 50 cases in and it will dispense the powder into each one of them. So all you have to do is seat bullets and you can work on like ladder loads where you're using different charges of a powder to, to test when you're doing your load development because different charges will act differently in, in certain guns. Mm-hmm. So you usually start out and work your way up, climb up the ladder, as they say. Mm-hmm. That comes down back to that dial in then custom load for a custom gun, you know? Yeah. All I kept thinking was, man, what a time to be alive. Just a few years ago, people are doing everything by hand. They were measuring stuff out. And now just the advancements that they've come out with is just pretty incredible. And you were even showing us this machine that basically does it all. And what was MSRP on it? It hasn't launched yet. Yeah. So that's the Frankfurt Arsenal FX10. Are you talking about the progressive reloading press or the powder measure? The progressive reloading press. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's the Frankfurt Arsenal FX10. It's a 10 station progressive press and it's going to retail for $9.99 with the case feeder on it. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. That alone. You're talking about something that'll load a thousand rounds an hour. Yeah. I know that's crazy because that's the thing with reloading. Yeah. Ultimately, it's cheaper, but it depends how much you're going to do it. And 
Also, you have to consider by the time you buy everything and then you really have to make it a hobby in order for it to pay off. But when you're coming out with machinery that's $1,000, it makes it so much easier to justify, okay, really in a short period of time, you're going to get your money back. Oh, yeah. I always said, though, that you don't save money reloading, you just shoot twice as much. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's actually true. Let's talk about some of the other stuff that Caldwell makes, because I was actually surprised by how much stuff you guys are making that I knew of the products out there, but I guess I didn't realize that your brand was behind the product. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So we were really known probably originally for our shooting rest, mostly the lead sled, which is the rifle rest that you can weigh down and take the recoil out of the gun. So made sighting in the big hunting rifles a lot nicer and they didn't beat you up on the bench. But we've expanded a lot from beyond that into, especially like what we just shot down in Florida. You guys all got the hearing protection. So we had the earmuffs and the earbuds, the shadows, the in-ear cordless earbuds. And then all the steel that we shot is our new AR-500 rifle rated steel. So, I mean, we shot that on the two gun stage and then we also shot it with all the machine guns. And that's something that's been very successful for us. Yeah. How did that stuff hold up, especially after Um, everybody shot the minigun at it? Yeah. I mean, there's literally, it takes the yellow powder coat off of it, but Mm -hmm. we have some videos of just going down range and it's perfectly smooth still. It it doesn't hurt it at all. Uh, We did a test when we were first testing it and kind of a, to show the strength because we wanted to make sure that people understood, even though we're at a really good price point on it, it's still as strong and it's certified AR-500. So we tested it 10,000 rounds of 223 at 100 yards on one steel plate. And it's honestly, other than missing the powder coat, it's just like it was when it was new. Wow, that's pretty crazy. And another thing that I like about it is just the price point. You guys showed us a new steel target that's coming out. And I think the whole setup was maybe $100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The portable range kit, which has the plate, has an eight inch plate and the stand and strap. So that's something that it's really great for somebody that has a farm range that they don't want to have a permanent target set up. Mm -hmm. It all takes apart with quick connect pins and you can go out and pop up a steel target and have an impromptu range wherever you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also one of the things that when we were doing the two guns, One thing is it's kind of funny seeing everybody do competition shooting because for the most part, I think other than two people that were there, none of us are competition shooters and talk about getting out of your wheelhouse and feeling a little out of your element. But I don't really take competition that seriously. I'm competitive in certain areas that I think matter long term, but board games, competition, stuff like that, I don't really take it seriously. And of course, I wasn't really paying attention. And I think it was the fourth stage where you had to go down the line, shoot rifle. And then once you got a little bit closer, you would shoot the steel with handgun. Well, I blame it on the heat. Now I know why all the crazies come from Florida. I think it's the heat. You just kind of lose that common sense and totally forgot to use my handgun and used my rifle. (laughs) So I shot the steel pretty close. And then, of course, I ran out. I already shot 30 rounds. And wait, were we supposed to have another rifle magazine (laughs) to do a reload? And Ryan, who put it together, he's just... Yeah, so I totally screwed that one up. But it was interesting to see, thankfully, if the steel was rated for rifles, because that would have been a little embarrassing. (laughs) Aside from already how embarrassing everything else was. Yeah, it will take some pretty wild impacts. Yeah. And then I think you shot it at our media event with the 338 Lapua. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And how far was that distance? 
Uh, we had them set from 100 to 250 yards. Okay. I really liked it because what I love about shooting steel, especially at long distance, is just that audible gratification that you know you hit it as opposed to shooting a paper target. Did anybody see if I got it? You shoot and then ping, just that nice sound. Instant feedback. Yeah, that's what I really like. And it had a really nice sound to it. And I think that that also has to deal with the quality of the steel. Don't quote me because I have shot some steel where it's not as loud and clear. Yeah, some people try to use lesser grade steel and then they make it like half inch thick plate or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't get that ring. Ours is three eighths inch, but it's actual true AR 500. So the surface hardness will take those big impacts, but it still has that awesome feedback that that three-eighths inch plate gives you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Also, I really liked the price point. I think that's what I like the most. In fact, I have a range out east. Well, it's not my range. It's my friend's, but he let me set up an entire range on it. And I'm thinking, man, I could, especially for the cost, I can cover that entire range with steel. And it's really not going to be one of those things where, oh, that just cost me an arm and a leg. And so steel for me is so fun to shoot, especially after a while you're shooting paper. Yeah, okay. And even just shooting the two gun, just having that experience, it makes me want to shoot more steel. I don't know. I just think it's a lot of fun. What I like about it is if people want to set up stuff long term, it's obviously not going to break the bank and they can have a nice little setup. But then also, if you're going to places where you don't own the range and you have to keep bringing that stuff and setting it up, you guys have a really easy setup, which... I've messed with other steel targets. and Man, I don't even want to bring it to the range because it's such a process to set up. Yeah, yeah. We tried to get plenty of hanging solutions and also different targets for different ranges. I say targets start at, I think, retail a little bit over $20 and go up depending on the size of the target. We have a lot of options. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about SB Tactical. I'm sure you're familiar with SB Tactical. They make some awesome braces. One of the things I was just recently looking at is the Remington TAC-13 for the shotguns. They make a brace for that. It's called the TAC-13 SBA-3. And instead of the pistol grip that makes it hard to control, it looks great. But if you've ever shot one, it's really awkward. The addition of the brace gives you that extra point of contact. It makes a huge difference. The kit comes ready to install with the ultra popular SBA-3 brace and an ergo grip. They're super easy to install and they make the TAC-13 much more usable shotgun. The whole kit is $269.99, but if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off and that is at sb-tactical.com. All right, let's talk about the trip to Florida. We covered a lot. I'm trying to think. Everyone had a little bit of a different day because there was two different groups. But for me, I got there that evening. We had dinner. The next day, we did the two gun. Then we had lunch. Then we went to a different range, which is kind of funny. Can we talk about the two different ranges and that contrast? Yeah. So if you guys have ever watched Tiger King, I felt like it was kind of like that. It was like Carol Baskin versus Joe, whatever his name is. One range, the place that we stayed, we actually stayed on a range in cabins. It was really well kept, really pretty. It was sort of more of a country club feel. And then across the street, there's this other range, which is more like hillbilly kind of junkyard. Anything goes. It was also really pretty nice. And that's actually what I'm more used to. But apparently the two owners, they hate each other. And at one point, were you there when they started fighting? 
I was on the uh, minigun stage, but I heard I heard they had a little squabble. Yeah. I don't know exactly what happened, but two of the employees from the other range went over to the range that we were at and the owner saw and they ended up getting into a fight. And then the other guy had the other guy in a headlock. And both these guys are probably in their 50s. And for one, seeing somebody, you're in your 50s and you're going to fight. Nah, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it just got a little out of hand. But besides that, and that was just some extra entertainment. But there was all these different courses set up with all these different guns. And there was the mini gun, which was so much fun to shoot. Have you ever shot a mini gun before that? I had never shot one. We were supposed to go down last year to Florida to shoot with those guys. Literally, when the COVID shut everything down, I think it was in March. And my dream was ripped from me until (laughs) this year. I finally got to make it back down there and shoot it. How Um, many rounds per second? Did that thing shoot? 50 rounds a second. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So it was taking those 250 round belts in five seconds. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. I try to Google it and it's weird because Google says that that gun will shoot anywhere from two to 6,000 rounds per minute, which Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting. Okay, they had the mini gun. They also had a Humvee with a 1919 attached to it. That was fun. Did you get a chance to shoot that? Yeah, we shot it a little bit the day before. What did you think of that trigger? Um, I actually, did you get a chance to shoot the 240? I think the 240 is a better gun. Yeah, I don't think I did. Um, the 1919, I don't know. It was fun. It's hard to sit here and be like, oh, shooting a machine gun. Eh. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite one by far. Yeah. I, no. I got to go minigun favorite yeah totally um, yeah the 1919 is kind of funky and it was kind of a slow fire rate it was interesting but the trigger you got to push up and pull back and it was just the weirdest trigger ever and it was probably the worst trigger i've ever experienced (laughs) if we're being honest but once you finally got it and shooting it was a lot of fun and i just kind of got a kick out of just driving in that thing and shooting targets that was definitely kind of a highlight And then they had all these other guns. They had a few belt-fed 22 machine guns, which I've, before this, have only seen on the internet. And that was freaking awesome. Did you get a chance to shoot any of those? I didn't get to shoot that one. uh, There were so many. It was, uh, I want to say there was like 60 or 70 different machine guns there. I don't know. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot. There was a Uh, lot. And we were able to shoot whatever we wanted. And especially during the ammo shortage right now, I don't even want to know what you guys did to pull strings to get the ammo that you got. And I'm sure that you might be going to hell for it. I'm not going to ask questions, but you guys definitely pulled some strings to get that much ammo. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of planning. And then, yeah, the shortage has made everything interesting. But yeah, especially when you're talking about, I need 18,000 rounds of 308 to shoot out of the minigun. I don't even know where that came from. That just showed up. Yeah. Crazy. And we were supposed to then have dinner and then do more shooting, but everybody was so exhausted. And also we lucked out. There was really nice days with the sun and just being outside the entire day. I think everyone was wiped. But I think after that, we were supposed to shoot a flamethrower and do some night shooting, which I'm kind of bummed that it didn't happen. But I also was one of those people that I just don't think I can. I Dude, I was done. Yeah, I was pretty exhausted. I was exhausted. Yeah. That was the night that I just left dinner and I was like straight to the cabin. Yeah. Straight to sleep. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then the next day I got up and we went hunting for alligators. And it was interesting. In my experience, everyone finished within like an hour or two hours. And I went with Brandon Herrera, the AK guy. And he went first. He asked me who wants to shoot first. I'll let Brandon just because I wanted to see Brandon's experience and just to kind of psych myself up for what to expect, just because this is my first hunt ever. It's kind of cool because first time, yeah, first thing I killed, alligator. <laughs> Dust off the old shoulder. Yeah. But yeah, Brandon got a nine foot alligator. And I got to say, like, I was psyched up. Kind of my adrenaline was rushing for him. And then after that, the guide that we were with, okay, well, I'm going to switch you over to a new guide. He's going to take you to a new location. There was tons of alligators that I saw, but I was kind of picky just because obviously this was my first. And that's when Brandon, he went back with his alligator. So I lost my hunting buddy and then went to a new location and we were driving. We literally were driving from nine until 6 p.m. looking for the perfect alligator. <laughs> And I think that's when I got burnt really badly because we were riding in a side by side. And yeah, I didn't get an alligator that day. So then the next day I woke up early, went out with a different guide and ended up shooting an alligator. This one was more at the lake and we forgot to bring the tripod. So I had to shoot prone position, lay down in some soggy freaking grass. And yeah, I'm actually surprised that I did not get eaten alive by bugs. The first thing I did every morning when I woke up was spray myself with bug spray because even in the cabins, I still saw mosquitoes that managed to get in the cabin. But just laying in that water, I am for sure going to end up breaking out in some weird rash. I don't even want to know how many micro bugs there were on me. But I ended up shooting an alligator and it was, I'm going to put my YouTube video out covering it. But it was slightly anticlimactic just because I saw Brandon's. I spent all day looking for a damn alligator. And then the next day, and I was the only one who went the next day. Everybody else already got their alligator. By the time it was done, okay, good. I'm glad I got it. I'm done. Let's move on. (laughs) But it was still interesting. And it definitely felt more like a hunt where it wasn't just cool, bring me to a lake where there's barely any water and you see all these alligators and you just choose. I got a really good shot, so it died instantly. So I'm glad it didn't suffer. Also, I will say that the meat and the hide are both being sent to me, so they're going to be put to good use. One thing I didn't know is that the hide actually takes almost a year to cure, which I didn't realize that. Did you? No, no. Chris was talking about that. And yeah, I didn't realize. I mean, because I'm used to most game animals is the taxidermist isn't booked as a couple months or whatever. Yeah. But I will say, did you get any of the gator bites that they had at dinner the one night? No. Oh, my gosh. They're so good. Yeah. I I was a little, being from Missouri, it's not like we have alligator on the menus around here. So I was like, I don't know. How's this going to taste? It was really good. I was like, oh, gator bites. And they said that they have to make them into bites, basically, because of the way the meat has all the tendons and stuff running in it. Yeah. They basically make like chunks of alligator tail meat, and that's what they make gator bites out of. Yeah, I heard that as well. It's something with the scales, and that's why you yeah. don't see a gator fillet because it's just not really possible. Right. But I have had gator bites. It was a few years ago, and I don't really remember. I remember liking it. Then again, it was fried, so I feel like anything fried I'm going to like. Right. I think it's like a mix of chicken and fish. Yeah, that's how I would describe it as well. Yeah, it was pretty good. good. Yeah. 
I haven't decided what I'm going to do with the hide. I was thinking maybe a rug, obviously, because I really like the back and the spikes. And obviously, if it was a rug, I'm not going to be able to step on it. It's going to just be there for decor. But that's what I'm leaning towards. But I don't know. And then I have to pick out a color, a dye. And I guess my alligator, I really liked the colors, the natural colors. And oh, I just want the natural look. But I guess that's actually kind of hard to do. Yeah, I didn't realize that when they tan them or whatever, they turned completely like white. Yeah, same. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess they would have to like airbrush it like a fish or something to make it look natural again. All all the stuff the guide had was solid color. It looked gorgeous, though. Like there was every color you could imagine. I know. Yeah, I'm with you. It looked really cool with the like belly leather, but then the rough back art. Yeah, they make. Yeah, I don't know. There's just so many things that I learned that I didn't know. And then apparently, because we did a private guide on private property, but I guess it's actually illegal also to shoot an alligator. And hunting, it's pretty restricted in Florida. And if you do it, you have to do it with a bow and all the stuff that I really didn't know. I don't know. It was a pretty educational experience. Yeah, yeah. You guys were hunting on private tags and like each guide or whatever the landowner had so many tags that they could use to mm-hmm. keep their numbers in check. And that's kind of what they, yeah, with those guys, that's what we were hunting off of. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I guess they said you had to like catch them or yeah. Something Arm like wrestle them. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there was also whistling diesel. He went on this trip and if you guys aren't familiar with him and I'm not even completely familiar with him, but he's more into the car area, I guess. And He does all kinds of crazy things with cars, and he has a huge following. I think he's 22 years old or something. 22 years old. Yeah, he's pretty young. But I was interviewing him at one point when we were there, and yeah, you're ready to catch a gator tomorrow? Yeah, I'm actually going to catch it. I'm not going to shoot it. I'm going to wrestle one. Uh, Yeah, and I've seen it on TV. You're a fucking crazy kid. Okay, (laughs) good luck with that. Yeah, kind of like a little, what, two-foot one or something? Yeah, and before that, there was like a five or six-foot that he was trying to get, but it managed to get away. And yeah, he was that, smart enough to stay away from it. Yeah, oh my gosh. And then at one point, I guess he got a possum, and he picked the possum up by the tail, and just, I don't know. I don't know. Keep that stuff up, and you're probably going to last until 25. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was interesting. And then the next day, after I got my gator, I was able to shoot it fairly early in the morning. So then I was able to join you guys with the airboats. And that was freaking crazy. I've never been on an airboat. It's super loud. Uh, that's where I was really glad that I had the Caldwell, the actual over the ear muff protectors, because I was sitting right next to the fan. And oh my God, that thing. I'm pretty sure I still lost some hearing. That's just how loud it was. But those things are cool. They can go on water, on land. It's just weird. Yeah, those guys were uh, were talking about some of them can go up to like over 100 miles an hour. Yeah, so crazy. With no brakes seems pretty like a bad idea. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. They don't have brakes. There's a lever and it'll go right or left. And then there's the gas and that's it. And people make these things. And also they kind of look like somebody made it in their garage. But what I also don't get is how much money goes into these things. Low end is probably about 40000 Yeah. Dang. It's crazy. But yeah, it was a really fun event-packed trip and really glad that I had the opportunity to go. And you guys, it was Caldwell and Crimson Trace that 
put on this event. You guys definitely did not disappoint. I did not hear one bad thing. In fact, some people were like, man, things are running so smoothly. They were just waiting for something bad to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. I guess, yeah, it, it was a lot of work. We had the whole team. You met all the marketing coordinators and stuff. We've been working on on a lot of planning and stuff. So yeah, I was very happy with it. It was awesome that we got such a an interesting group of people together. And that's how some of the people like the whistling diesels ended up in the mix. It made for an entertaining week. It definitely yeah. did. Yeah, because a lot of people knew each other. And then there were some people that who is this guy? And then also what was kind of weird to me is there was a lot of TV personalities there, which I don't watch a lot of TV and I don't think a lot of the other YouTubers do. And uh, we don't really know who this guy is, but yet on TV, he's super famous. So yeah. <laughs> it was just weird, but definitely a great group of people. Lots of fun. I gained six pounds on this freaking trip. I don't even want to talk about it, but oh my gosh. we ate well and <laughs> drank well. And yeah, it was a really fun trip. Do you have any upcoming plans for Caldwell? Um, As far as events or, or what? Just anything. Anything with products, events. Um, yeah. So this was our big event for the year. We'll have another one probably in the spring. Right now, our big thing is we're working on next year's products so we can show you. So obviously, we have our clay throwers that we're getting launched. Uh, will be available late summer. That we showed you when you were out here for our media event. Mm-hmm. Those are uh, we're awesome. Excited about, we're excited about that. We have some new hearing protection that's coming out. And other than that, right now we're working on the next year's products that we can't quite talk about just yet. But that's where we're at with our schedule for Caldwell for the year. Sadly, the romp is over. So now it's back to work. <laughs> right. No kidding. Time to get your sunburns healed up. I'm so glad you guys gave us aloe vera, by the way. I'm already through almost the entire bottle. That's how sunburned I still am. (laughs) Yeah. Romp in the Swamp is over. Back to work. But man, you guys, it's got to still be just a fun experience just to work for American outdoor brands. Every day, I am so happy to have the job I have. It's like, you know, I'm sure you're in a similar situation. It's not nearly as much work when you really enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. So if people want to go over to Caldwell and check out products or follow you guys on social media, where can they? The website is caldwellshootingsupplies.com and our Instagram and Facebook is also Caldwell Shooting Supplies. Yeah, which I noticed I was trying to tag you guys and just searching for Caldwell shooting. It still doesn't come up. It's so frustrating. So make sure you guys put in Caldwell shooting supplies. Yeah, and watch out. We'll be giving away some trips for our followers too. Like I have one that ends April 30th. So in a couple of days, it's a machine gun trip to Las Vegas. We'll be doing another one to Nashville. So we kind of have this Caldwell Own the Range giveaway. And you can vouch, it's a good time to come shoot machine guns with us. So we're giving that out to our followers too, chances to come shoot with us. Nice. Well, when the show comes out, it will actually be after the 30th, but I'm going to share it on my social media so that followers know beforehand. All right, moving forward, IWI. If you haven't already caught the itch for bullpups, you need to check out the X95 rifles from IWI. I think it's probably one of the most popular bullpups that they sell. 
They're a ton of fun because they have that really short design, but they still have a longer barrel for optimum velocity out of the barrel. They're about 10 inches shorter than an AR with a 16-inch barrel. You still have the same barrel length. That's available in 5.56, 300 blackout, 9mm. Plus, if you're a lefty, they've got you covered, which, let's face it, a lot of manufacturers out there, they don't cater to people who are left-handed. If you guys want to check out their stuff, that's at IWI.us. Remember, you see any accessories you like, use the code GUNFUNNY15. That will get you 15% off. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Today in political AF. SCOTUS takes up important two-way case. This week, the Supreme Court agreed to hear the case of New York Rifle versus Corlett. This is the first significant two-way case they've agreed to hear in a decade. The case is one of several I've talked about before in states that have concealed carry permit application processes so restrictive that for normal people, it's basically impossible to ever obtain a permit. The New York case has been working its way through lower courts and is a critical case that will set precedent for these states with restrictive permit processes. I recently talked about the Ninth Circuit Court basically declaring that the right to bear arms did not extend outside the home in clear violation of the Constitution. This case, regardless of how it's ultimately ruled on, will have direct effect on national policy with regard to the right to carry outside the home. If the case goes how we hope, it would potentially make concealed carry permits, quote unquote, shall issue nationwide instead of the may issue states that make it impossible for ordinary people to carry. Supposedly, there is a majority of, quote unquote, constitutional justices on the Supreme Court right now, but several of them we have not yet seen real evidence how they will rule in 2A cases. There is not a timeline set for the case yet either. So it's more important than ever for everyone to keep pressure on Senator Manchin to keep his promise to not break the filibuster. And if that goes away, the Supreme Court could be packed with liberal justices before this case could be heard. Kind of a win. I wouldn't say it's time to celebrate, but it's kind of nice that they finally took on a 2A case, especially after a decade. That in itself should just be illegal. I feel like they shouldn't be able to turn that many away. Do you have anything to add to that, Jared? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, even if you look at it, Beyond the concealed carry, it's a firearms ownership thing in itself. Like anything, if whether your feelings on concealed carry or not, you should be interested in protecting your rights to own firearms. And mm-hmm. and the whole just inside the home thing is pretty scary stuff. If you look at some other countries like Canada, for instance, with pistols, where it's so restrictive and like you're only allowed to own them in certain ways and you're only allowed to transport them from your home and to the range. And it just makes it so hard for those people to enjoy firearms responsibly. Um, I feel like there's so many times that you're taking honest people and making weird laws in some of these states that you cross a state line and all of a sudden what's perfectly legal in one state is all of a sudden you've committed a felony. It's by driving on a road. Mm -hmm. I, I am very much pro national concealed carry yeah to help solve some of this stuff and hopefully we can get that done yeah i couldn't agree more manicor arms (music) 
I just talked about the IWI X95. Well, Mancore Arms just came out with a brand new accessory, the Optimus Palmer Forend. It maintains a similar appearance to the original round Palmer Forend that the X95 comes with, but it gives you a number of additional features. The biggest thing is it gives you the ability to mount M-lock accessories on the sides and on the underside. The forend is also two inches longer than the original, so you have room for an extra M-lock slot and an option for longer grip on the gun. The forend is constructed with a fiber reinforced polymer that's resistant to heat and is large enough to allow any suppressor up to 1.5 inches in diameter to fit if you have an SBR. It's, of course, designed to work with standard charging handles and, of course, the Manicore switchback charging handle, as well as the standard top rail or the Manicore Arms X95 full-length top rails. Right now, they're on sale for $99.95, but remember, you're going to use that code AVAROCKS15, and that gets you 15% off. That is at ManicoreArms.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question is, hello there, big fan of the podcast. I was wondering what the best comeback was for when someone says that we don't need an AK-47, H-15, or even 30-round mags. That's a good question, actually, because I think the problem is, is a lot of people want to argue certain things but then they just kind of get caught up. And it's important that you have these conversations because you might be able to change their mind. First off, I would just start off that it's a right. It's not a need. It's part of the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. The point of the Second Amendment is to be able to protect ourselves and the Constitution guarantees that freedom because our founding fathers recognized to protect ourselves, including the governments that become tyrannical, The type of gun and amount of rounds is irrelevant and only used by gun control activists to try to chip away the Second Amendment. High rate of fire guns existed at the time of the Second Amendment. For people to say things have changed, even freedom of speech, and well, now we have the internet. I think the size of the mag is important in a defensive scenario, especially if you've ever had to defend yourself, you know that it's obviously going to be really stressful. You're not going to be as accurate. You're assuming that there's only going to be one person. And my biggest thing is, hey, if the government can own it, I should be able to own it. What would you say, Jared? (laughs) Everything you just said, 100%. That's always my kind of go-to. Definitely the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. But I also, you know, we're talking about every time that they talk about stuff like that, they're talking about passing laws or bans against people who follow the law yeah, and the people who they're trying to stop by definition do not follow any laws. So therefore by passing laws and regulations, it's not going to stop. That's not the solution. But yeah, I, I 100% for somebody that uses them for defense and sporting purposes, the magazine capacity isn't the thing, the rate of fire. Yeah. You're 100% right. We should be able to have what we need defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. R15 or AK47 is an excellent tool for defense and for sporting purposes. Yeah. Yeah. And also one of the things that annoys me is people who say, oh, well, they need a banned assault rifles, which just the word pisses me off. But the truth is, is a lot of these hunting rifles that people are all in favor for can do a lot more damage than the calibers that AK47s and AR shoot. It's just the amount of reasoning 
as to why these things should be banned is just ridiculous to me. It's literally it's just because they look scary. But you could even have an AR that shoots a 22. But most people who don't have the knowledge of guns wouldn't even know that if they were to pick up an AR that's chambered in 22 versus 5.56. Yeah, it's a miseducation. And like I say, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they say the Second Amendment is the amendment that protects all the others. Mm-hmm, exactly. So without the second, the other ones don't exist. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited, though. Like, like you say, we saw a big increase in firearms ownership last year. And hopefully we can start to change that narrative of people realizing that being a responsible firearms owner is a good thing. You can leave the two-party thing out of it and say, yeah, as a U.S. citizen, I should be able to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that last year with people realizing that the police aren't going to be able to make it to your house in time every time. And sometimes you just need to be able to be responsible for your own protection. So we sold a lot of guns last year in this country and to first time gun buyers. And it's exciting. We'll educate them and bring them into the fold. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Okay. For a gear chat, I'm actually going to have a special guest from Primary Arms on. <laughs> Okay, taking a break from my interview with Jared, I am now talking to Ian Bame from Primary Arms. And this is going to be a little bit different. I figured because Primary Arms is a sponsor, they just came out with a new reticle. And I thought that it'd be a good opportunity to get somebody from Primary Arms on the show to discuss this. Ian, recently you guys just launched, what is it, the GLX 2X Prism with the ACSS Gemini reticle? Yes, we did. And so that new reticle, this particular one is more geared towards the 9mm PCC shooter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we took our original GLX 2X Prism, which has been a very popular optic, released it about a year ago, and we just added a new reticle to it while keeping a lot of the same features and benefits of the existing reticles to kind of give the user a little bit more variety and and a little bit different options. And also it's kind of cool because it gives the way that we set up the ballistics of this reticle is we we lined it up perfectly with nine millimeters. So you can put it on something like a PCC of some sort, whether it's a 16 inch barrel or if you're doing a pistol or an SBR short barrel, and you can effectively make hits out to 200 yards with a nine millimeter. And so it's a pretty slick system because it also has a setup, even though it is a 2X, you can really effectively use it at close range. So it's a very versatile optic. It kind of, to me, when I was playing with it a lot and we were doing a lot of testing, gives you a lot of flexibility with something that you normally would just run with a red dot up close. You have the ability to kind of run it a little bit further out where you normally wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then being a prism, you still have a reticle etched in the glass in case the battery dies, but you've also got illumination as well. Correct. Yep. So it, it will have the etched reticle And then it does have 11 illumination settings. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we wanted for this is even though it is a prism and historically prisms aren't as bright or don't have as good a battery life as like a red dot. One of the things we worked really hard on this particular prism as a whole, no matter the reticle, is to really fine tune the emitters in that. So you get something super, super bright while still doing a good battery life. And we did that by we added an auto on, auto off illumination system. So you're looking at about 20,000 hours of illumination at about a medium setting. And, you know, then you auto on, auto off. So if you leave it sit idle for about three minutes, it'll turn itself off. And then as soon as you pick it up, 
it'll turn itself back on and that, that's to help to conserve the battery. But it's still on the high end, it's still really, really bright. And to kind of put it in perspective, you know, we're based out of Houston, Texas. And so during the summer here in the middle of the day, it's what I like to describe surface of the sun bright. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm still able to, part of my job at the, the company, I'm one of the engineers, is I go out and actually do a lot of the recoil testing for these. So I'll put these on guns and we'll go to the range, blow through a few thousand rounds, make sure they'll stand up to the abuse of people actually using them. And so I'm out at the range, middle of the day, using this thing just fine. I can see the illumination. So we want to be one of those things where you get this optic and you're not really sacrificing anything to get into something else, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. And then also with the Gemini reticle, it also gives you that drop compensation. So if you want to stretch the distance, which you said that you can shoot up to 200 yards. Yes. Or are you thinking that it could go a little bit farther than that? 200 yards is actually well, it's pretty impressive for 9 millimeter. Yeah. And so the way the BDC is set up right now, 200 yards is where you max out at for the, the bullet drop compensation. And, you know, for a 9 millimeter, that's pretty far distance, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if you're doing something like you're doing a competition shoot or something like that, and, and I've actually used one of these at one of the local two guns on my PCC, and I was able to make hits out to 150 yards pretty easily with it. And it was kind of cool because the PCC that I'm running is a lot lighter than my AR. So on some of the courses, I was able to use my PCC in lieu of my AR, and I was able to kind of get something a little bit smaller, lighter, a little bit more handy up close and then I was able to make those long distance shot as well. It was it was kind of cool, you know, something a little bit different like I said, but still not sacrifice anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long has this been in the making? For this particular reticle, we've been kind of playing with this the initial design as well as getting it fine-tuned and everything for I would say probably since about maybe August or September of last year, maybe a little bit before. And that's when we really started hitting hard about getting this thing and testing it, getting it all basically from an idea into something tangible. Mm-hmm. Nice. I was expecting a little bit longer, especially with COVID. I feel like that prolongs everything and then come up with the design. But you guys definitely moved pretty quickly. Did Dimitri have a hand in the design of this? Yeah, this is Dimitri's reticle. So this was, for lack of a better term, this was his brainchild. And nice. then basically, once he kind of came up with the idea of all this and stuff, and that's when he still works with primary arms and all stuff. So that's when he reached out to me. And I basically take all of his ideas and, for lack of a better term, napkin sketches, and I will take them and put them into something that we can work with the factory. Once again, something uh, tangible. Mm-hmm. And so once he kind of came up with that idea, him and I sat down, he came up with this reticle. I drew it up for him, and then I started working with the factory. And then we got something into fruition, and then we started doing the testing, both the mechanical endurance testing that I do as well as bullet drop compensation and the, the actual reticle usage features that he does. And we kind of were working tangent. That's one of the things, you know, even with COVID and all that stuff, we've got a really good system down. So it's not just one person doing a lot of testing. Once we get an idea going, we have a lot of people doing different things and a lot of gears moving at the same time to ensure that the thing gets forward, gets good forward movement. And it's not getting bogged down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Another thing that's really interesting to me is just coming up with all the different radical designs. It's kind of like inventing the wheel. Well, it really can't get much better than this. And then just when you think you kind of, I wouldn't say exhausted all options. Well, that's it. The market has everything that it has. Then you guys come up with something else that, oh, we didn't know that we needed, but now we need it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, it does make perfect sense. And when Dimitri first kind of pitched the ideas of what we're doing with this, and I was like, oh, you know, that's actually, you know, nobody really has anything like that. And I was like, that's actually a really good idea. And it, it actually makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. especially before COVID, you know, now ammo is just, you know, it, it's it's super rare. It's hard to come by. It's super expensive. But before COVID and probably even after normalization and everything after COVID, nine millimeters always going to be typically cheaper than five, five, six. So having something where you can kind of really reach out and take advantage of the high ballistic or the high velocity of nine millimeters, you know, and the, the reduced costs, it's great. And I really think that once this kind of slows down and ammo normalizes and everything, this will really start to take off. Yeah, I agree. All right. And then best part of this is MSRP. So right now it's actually going to be the same price is what we're selling all of our 2Xs for. We're not charging a premium or anything for that. But the retail for it is $369.99. Wow, that's really great. It is. And it's not just the optic. That includes the mount with a couple different options. So it's not like you have to buy the optic and then get the mount. You have the complete package and and we set it up so it'll work with most firearms out there. Hmm. So, yeah, and then to add a little bit of flexibility... It's not its own proprietary mount design. It is compatible with the most popular mini prism mounts, like the Triticon 3x30 or 1x24. Mm-hmm. So there's a plenty of different aftermarket QD mounts out there. If you want American Defense, LaRue, Bobro, you know, whatever your poison choice is, you can use that. Nice. Then I guess if it already comes with the mount, pretty much my whole spiel was, hey guys, if you use the code AVA, A-V-A, you'll get a free mount with every primary arms optic. I guess that's not the case with this one since it comes with a mount. Well, not really, but I mean, you know, that's so me being an engineer as far as what you guys work out and everything, but there's definitely, we could set something up where we would have like alternative mounts. Like if you wanted a QD mount, maybe you could get like something at a discounted price, Mm -hmm. but uh, it already has an included mount and we kind of designed this thing to be kind of all inclusive. So people weren't buying a lot of extra stuff to make it a complete package, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And I really like that idea because. That's one thing for a while when I first got into guns and I'd buy this optic and totally forget, oh, hey, you need a mount for your optic. And then buying the correct size rings. It was one of those pressure pains that you could have just done away with and that you wonder why a lot of these optics don't already come with mounts. And especially because you could have a great optic, but if you have a crappy mount that isn't holding the position of the reticle and stuff like that, then people think that they bought a crappy optic, but really it was just the mount. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. And that's kind of what we were going for on this, especially at this price point. We wanted somebody to just show up, buy it. You don't have to scroll through two pages worth of different mounts and try to figure out what size you need, what height you need, what color you need. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's just the package you buy. And if you want something extra, you can always get it, but you don't need it right away to make it work. Nice. I like it. What are you guys doing, putting together optics back there? I'm sorry? I said, what are you guys doing back there, putting together optics? Is that what I hear? It sounds like somebody's like... Oh, in the background? Yeah. (laughs) Well, so actually what's going on is we're working on a special new red dot. I can't really go into much detail, but that's some of my inspection staff and my testing staff doing some live fire testing for handguns. So we're just a 45 pistol you hear in the background. Oh, cool. That's pretty funny. I thought it was a hammer or something. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. All right. People who want to find this optic, they can get it at primaryarms.com. If you guys find other optics, obviously use the code AVA and you'll get a free mount. But this optic seems really promising. I might actually request one for review because PCCs are my thing. 
just looking at this optic, it's hard to explain, obviously. You kind of have to just go and, and see what the reticle looks like, but it definitely looked really cool, and I think you guys did an awesome job designing this. Well, thank you very much. I think if you really are into the PCCs, I think you know this wouldn't be a fun one. You definitely want to give it a go. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun playing with it online. Okay, cool. All right, Ian. Well, thank you so much for your time. And before we leave, so we already said primaryarms.com, but where can they also find Primary Arms on social media? On social media, we actually have two social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all the common ones. And on Instagram and Facebook, we actually have our main Primary Arms page as well as the Primary Arms online or Primary Arms, yeah, online. So we have one that's centric for our optics and the one that's centric for like our .com website. Awesome. Okay, cool. So we have a couple of different options depending on what you're looking for and what, you know, what, what you're, what mm -hmm. you kind of want to look at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Awesome. Well, Ian, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Uh -huh, of course, you're welcome. And now I'm going to head back on over to Jared. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f Never mind. AF. Injections administered over Zoom, as if we haven't heard enough bad things that have happened with Zoom. And it's funny because now that everyone's working from home, Zoom seems to be the go-to to have conference calls. You'd think by now people would be more careful to make sure that their cameras aren't on when they don't want them to be, but these stories just keep coming in. The craziest of these all seem to be from virtual court cases or politicians. In this case, a Florida nurse was appearing in a virtual court case for grand theft in Miami-Dade County. She was still at work and didn't realize that she was broadcasting while she streamed, giving a male patient some kind of ejection in the buttocks. A screenshot of the proceedings had a pretty weird angle as the camera appeared to be on the floor facing up at the patient's rear and the nurse. <laughs> so much for patient confidentiality, let alone modesty. The reporter who first posted the story said he witnessed a lot of bizarre cases. Before COVID, I used to always say that Miami Courthouse was the most observed theater in town. Nothing has changed in the Zoom age. Man, I would feel at that point, what do you even do? Imagine being the patient. I'd be mortified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I never ceases to amaze me how... How does that even happen? Like, I know. And then also she was appearing in a virtual court case for grand theft. I have all the questions. At first, oh, okay, a nurse on Zoom for a court case. Maybe she was called upon to be an expert witness, but then was her vehicle stolen? And if that's the case, why would you have your court case while you're still working? I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, can't we take a day off? You know, take a couple hours off work and <laughs> yeah. you're handle your legal proceedings. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, if I was the guy getting the shot, I'd much appreciate that. Yeah. How do you think he feels if this lady's like, I mean, obviously she's probably talking on the phone. Yeah. Hearing this while he's getting a shot. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I didn't even think about that either. You're right. The patient comes in. Hey, just so you know, I got to jump on this Zoom call for my court case, but just take your pants off. It'll be fine. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, never a dull moment. All right, now it's time for iTunes reviews. I'm all out of reviews. These are the last two. First review is Happy Guardian, a refreshing point of view, five stars. I'm sure this has been said more than a few times, but often in this industry, we only hear the voices of other guys. And more often than not, it's the same conversation. Ava gives a refreshing change with her point of view or hot topics. 
She doesn't come off as the hardcore wannabe operator that most other podcasters or other media personalities do. More of a level-headed opinion. The industry surely could use more women like her. Keep it up. Oh, thank you. And then second is Putang Clan. Pretty good. Five stars. What I've been yearning for. Gun tech discussion with humor sprinkles. All right, Jared, out of these two, I want you to pick a a lucky winner to win a, let's see, what do I want to give away? I'm going to give away a calendar and a few of the extra patches that I got from the event in Florida. Jared, the the first or the second review? I'm going with the first one. I really liked that one. Okay. All right. Happy Guardian. Contact me. Just go on to gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and send me a good mailing address. And now it's time to wrap up. If you guys want to support the show, you enjoy the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. You can do that just by going to gunfunny.com. Click on the support the show link. Blown Deadline, he's doing some awesome stuff. He's giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. If you guys want an awesome Cerakote job, he is your go-to. Also want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon, still Jon Snow, he wants me to say, Operator Tickles wanted to go gator hunting with mom last week, but Florida Fish and Game prohibits hunting with weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) Uh, Pretty funny. All right, Jared, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Especially after just a crazy week, I was reluctant to ask you because, man, you're probably tired and hopefully you're not sick like I am. <laughs> but I was Somehow really glad. made it through one <laughs> Yeah, I know. How is that? I guess me making so many shot shows and other events and stuff and not being sick for three years, I guess it was bound to happen. But yeah, I'm sick. But I do really appreciate you making the time to hop on the show. And can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you on the internet, social media, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is CaldwellShootingSupplies.com. And then on Facebook and Instagram at Caldwell Shooting Supplies. Okay, awesome. Well, on that note, we are out of here. Awesome. Thank you, Ava. Of course. You're welcome. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.